Hello. Hello there. We're back again. We are. Or for those of you who've never been here before, we're here. We're here. And it's myself, Kerry Marks. And myself, Nick Doody. Which wasn't quite as musical as mine. Kerry Marks. Kerry Marks. It's got a lean musical name. Uh, welcome to the introductions show. Where we <laughs> <laughs> all we do is introduce each other. Yeah, this uh, is Nick Doody. This is Kerry Marks. Hello, I am Nick Doody, and for more on that, here's Kerry Marks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kerry Marks. I'd just like to introduce Nick Doody, and that's all from me. Now, with the weather, here's Kerry Marks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Have it ever struck you that the news does things the wrong way round as far as small talk is concerned? What do you mean? Um, if you ever look on how to make conversation with people, it yes. always recommends that you start start with something yeah. inoffensive. Yeah, hello, maybe the weather. The weather's nice. <laughs> Snowed a bit, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, a little story that can't offend anyone. By the way, someone's get bird is Don't get into politics. <laughs> And the news fucks this up so bad. Yes. The news goes, a hundred million people have been killed. And <laughs> mate, easy. And then they finish on the weather. Yes. I'd be a bit much if someone started a conversation that way, wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> Show me the skateboarding squirrel first and ease me into Aleppo. <laughs> Hello, it's nice to be here at this party with you. What do you think about all the murder? Yeah. That's not even doing the hello, is it? It's, it's getting rid of that bit. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm, which I'd definitely be guilty of as well, because I find small talk a bit hard to do sometimes. And... I'm not massive on small talk, you know. I've, uh, I've I've got around finally to joining a a dating site, which I've been reluctant oh, really? to do because I've enjoyed being single for a while and and just having my selfish little life. And and now I've I've, I've committed and done it. And uh, oh god, I can't really do. It. Everyone wants to <laughs> talk about bollocks you know and uh literally well i wish they did literally and make it so much easier if i wanted to put their profile no discussion about bollocks so which is a shame because i've got a lot to say about bollocks yeah i was um in that i have some (laughs) you know i nearly said there was i'm not on any any dating site i guess i love being single (laughs) and i remembered i'm married (laughs) i'm glad you remembered yeah it's a good sign that it's working I, I, me and my wife enjoy the single life <laughs> together. <laughs> um, do you think the news really is about confirming how good we all re- really are? You know, even though it's constantly negative, mm. even though it's constantly giving us, uh, you know, horror stories. But, but you know, if, if you print some, you you got some stories. Some politician has said that. Uh, he thinks having sex with children is good or whatever. And the right. reason why that's there is for us all to agree that we we don't agree with him. It, it's a, it, it forms a collective opinion amongst us. Yeah, right? well, there's a selection bias, isn't there? Because the, the only reason it's on the news is because it's, it's been decided that that's, you know, an interesting thing. It will assess. provoke a reaction from people who basically all don't feel that way. Otherwise, there's no point putting it that way. Yeah. Putting it there in the first place. That's not a real example, is it? The politicians said that he's Yes, just... that's just been announced today. Oh, so he's having sex with children is good. I'm going to guess you, Kip. Shows your opinion of Kip that you think that, that covers that. Oh, they've, just, they've got a new leader every sort of seven or eight days after just, <laughs> <laughs> just running out of people. <laughs> But uh, that's what I think. I think. I think the news generally is, is we read it wrong. We don't get positive news. We don't. We don't get happy, 
uh, encouragement or, or things are going well. That, for that, you need a, a totalitarian regime, uh, which is yeah, good yeah. news, but everything's great. It's all going really well. Yeah, um, so, there's, so you reckon there's like a, an inverse correlation between how nice the country is to live in and how horrible the news is? Yes. But I'm I think sure the news sure the does a reverse yeah. thing as well. I think the news is there to confirm to us that we're actually good people. But I, I also think, I, of, of all the influences that people think are bad, that, that damage society, whether it's pornography, whether it's violent movies and yeah, so yeah. on, I think the thing that, that makes us the most depressed, the most negative, is the news. Okay. I think I think it leaves us with a feeling that uh, that, that things are bad and that, and worse than they are, and that actually I yeah, think it's it a really does. good exercise to, to to not watch the news for a while, which I do I do quite frequently. I go for a while in which I won't watch any news or read a newspaper, and I don't ever feel like I've missed out on anything. No, it's it, it's weird if you do for a bit. Um, a few Christmases back when there was a tsunami. I just, because of how Christmas is at my family's house, I just hadn't seen the news for ages. Right. So when you sort of hear about this appalling thing, but you hear about it days later than everybody else has. Yeah. And it's like it doesn't quite exist in your head in the same way. Which I I suppose slightly because when you hear about news, even if you're on your own watching the telly or whatever, there's a sense in which you're part of a community all finding out about this at the same time. Yeah. And when you don't, you just feel like that's nah, not, yeah, that's everybody else's tsunami. It's not really mine. <laughs> tsunami doesn't quite make my point, but it was still, I still suppose we all read it going, oh, tsunamis are bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm totally against them. Yeah. But all I think is that if if we were all in a room together reading the news, we would see us all agreeing, mostly agreeing with how we feel about <coughs> most, not not all of it. Some of it is. Um, polarising and it's politics yeah. about whether you take this opinion or that opinion and a lot of it's polarising in the sense of what we do about a thing but most of what in the new, what is in the newspaper is a kind of a clickbait that makes us all just agree but we're not seeing everyone else's agreement so that's why everyone's just like shocked that someone has said this thing or thought this thing. Yeah and um, you see that a lot now because the turnover is really quick with social media where we, we know which stories get spread by people the most, and it's the ones that provoke outrage. Totally. Totally. Clickbait's kind of fascinating for that. Yeah. Um, you know babe.com, um, which, which has spread a load of stories babe. recently. Com. Is it babe or... Uh, no, is it babe? I, th- I think it's, it might be... I don't know whether it's .com or not. It's a magazine that um, uh, uh, claims to be... Ha- had a lot to say during the hashtag MeToo debate and so on, and... Um, right. Uh, yeah, I think it was the one that published that story of, uh, uh, the, oh God, we've just had a couple of drinks, by the way, which we've learned from doing these podcasts we shouldn't do before the podcast, so we've done it again. Um, oh, is but, that what we've learned? Oh, did we I, learn I, that? I misunderstood. Oh, okay. <laughs> totally, we've learned the opposite. Um, uh, they'll, they'll print clickbait stories. So, so okay. uh, one they had on this week, which has gone all over Twitter, was a woman talk, talking about how she likes and thinks it's okay to cheat during a relationship and that that's like a woman's right to do so and so on. And, right, uh, that's, that's and, just and, you know, straight away that, that... Yeah, totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. A, that's like a, a Russian scientist has produced <laughs> the world's most shared story. <laughs> okay, it's Battle of the Sexes, it's controversial. Clickbait works, though. You yes, know, we see a headline and we go, uh, I don't agree with that, I must read it. <laughs> yeah, and it has, I mean, I did, uh, we wrote a radio show, I was writing a Marcus Briggs show, and he, he had a thing about um, Facebook and the internet, 
and I wrote a, a sketch about clickbait. So I did a bit of research on it, and you know, of all these things that if, if you phrase them differently, you won't give a shit. Yeah. But they're phrased in such a way they just they just they just pinpoint little things in your psychology that oh, I need to know now. Yeah. I need to know who these twelve stars are who. Yeah. Apparently, number eleven will surprise me. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, or, or you know, this this boy totally showed his teachers what for, or something like that. And, and that that phrasing, if you look at like the Independent, which used to be a newspaper and is now basically a clickbait firm online. You yes. Know, all of their stories are phrased as clickbait. Now. Do you think that'll wear off? Do, do, I, mean, I feel like I I feel like I get quicker and better at recognising clickbait. Yeah. Going, oh, I'm not even going to bother reading that. It's clearly not a study. It's clearly just someone's opinion that's been put up in order to outrage me. Yeah. Um, and most of the stuff in the newspaper, most of the Daily Mail uh, headlines, are just, they're just outrage. And the reason for them is most of their readers are going to go and say, that, that's disgraceful. Um, my, my mother-in-law... Uh, oh, here, go, yeah, here, here goes we go. an old-style joke that I thought we'd gotten rid of years ago. <laughs> My mother-in-law, yeah. uh, who is extremely <laughs> left-wing and quite sort of politically astute, is completely not astute when it comes to recognising when she's being duped on the internet. Right. So, she, uh, for instance, she warned uh, Kirsten me um, uh, last week about the danger of this new thing that's happening all the time. And she goes, all right, if someone throws egg at your windscreen... Don't use your windscreen wipers on it, and don't uh, don't use the you know windscreen wiper fluid because it just make, makes it very cloudier. And don't stop because they're just doing it to you know to carjack you basically. Is that a thing? I don't even know. That no, it's not thing. a thing. I, I looked it up uh, on Snopes, and it's uh, there aren't any there are no known occasions so what, when this someone happens. Someone make this up. But it was doing the rounds on Facebook. Really? And she, she also sorry. The reason I said she's left wing and politically astute is because she's also more than once forwarded things by Britain First. Right. Which the is same a far right throws, organization. If someone throws shit at your car, it's the same thing, isn't it? It also spreads over the windscreen and so on. Yeah, or it's lucky. Or isn't that a black cat? If you get a black cat on your windscreen. Yeah, if you throw a black cat, <laughs> that's a black cab. Yeah. If you grab a black cat and deliberately make it walk in front of you, that doesn't work, does it? <laughs> no, I think if you... Yeah. It's got to be just a coincidence. If you just have dead black cats stuck to the front of your <laughs> shoes... <laughs> All day long. Don't get constant luck. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, that's a shame. Gonna have to change these shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so on 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 optimism and ne- negativity. Mm. Stephen Pinker, who we have talked about before, Stephen Pinker, if you don't know, cognitive scientist, um, psychologist, uh, has written a new book, and uh, it's called Enlightenment Now. Yes. Right. Uh, sort of a follow-on to Better Angels, his last book, which is. He's come up with some really optimistic stuff at the moment. Yeah, he's 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 that guy now, isn't he? He's the he's the everything's okay, dude. Well, I don't think he's saying everything's okay. I think he's saying no, that everything's know, not but... as bad as we're constantly painting it to be. Yeah, th- this is the thing. Like, it it turns out that we live in a world where it is controversial to claim that things are improving. Yeah. So that yeah, the the was it last book, the Better Angels of Our Nature, was yeah. about it's about I think violence mainly. It was about violence, violence declining. Violence has declined all over the world, and this book is more about how modernity and the Enlightenment, yeah. which 
started arguably in the late 17th century, maybe uh, early 18th century, where it really kind of got going and then started in Europe and spread all around the world. Um, still yet to meet America, where everyone's just shooting each other. <laughs> but, but otherwise, what he's saying is, and I think he's not saying it's made the world great. What he's saying is, is the path we're on is good. Okay. Do you know that that every he? I think it's. I, I've not read the book yet, but it sounds like almost every chapter comes with um, diagrams showing that in so many areas of life, you know, yeah. uh, violence, comfort, happiness, and blah blah blah, that everything is actually improving. Yeah, but I, I we're was constantly being told that everything them, is going getting worse. The clip about how awful everything is, that people are spreading using their machine that they and almost everybody else they know own that has access to all of the world's knowledge yeah. and does a million things. I think that's one of the things in Pinker's book, which I also, in fairness, I haven't read it, but I feel like I haven't read We don't need to for this podcast. We, we just yeah. go on intuition more than anything. But that we, were saying, we were saying earlier that you can now... I'm looking forward to this book. But I now feel like when I read it, it'll just be like reading the notes to a bunch of interviews I've already listened to. I've already accepted the the the, uh, the process and the uh, the message that he's putting across. Right. You know, is that yes, I totally believe him. I totally believe that the, I've looked at some of the graphs. I've seen a load of the graphs. Yeah. And uh, they they all point the same way. We have great reasons to be optimistic about the way humanity is going, but. And okay, in that extent, I don't need to read the book. I'm interested in the book. I like, yeah. I like reading uh, Pinker's writing and so on. Um, he mentioned Hans Rosling a lot, who I've seen do. I mean, he, he sadly died last year, but his. Yeah. I, I recommend anyone listen to this. Search for Hans yeah. Rosling, and watch it, and you won't regret it. You, you'll, you'll come away going, oh. Yeah. And, and one of the things Rosling um, points out is that if you went to school in the 70s or 80s, you learned things which you just decided were a fact. And then you get to the 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s and whatever. And you you haven't been disabused of those facts yet. You don't know how much things have improved. So you still think that the average Bangladeshi family is like, you know, um, 18 children, most of whom die before they're six or whatever. And that just is not well, true 17 children all. now, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. No, that's like four or something. I can't remember. <laughs> but he, he points out if you've got a university educated audience, yeah. adults, their <clears> chance <throat> of... Choosing, right? He gives them multiple choice questions about how things are in places that we used to call the third world and maybe don't always anymore. Yeah. And their answers are as likely to be correct as a chimp's. Really? Yeah, they're just they are more often wrong than not, in fact. That's because they, uh, It's interesting also that, that Pinker's getting so much adversity to his message of people who are insisting, no, things are really bad. Yeah, quite angrily sometimes. Yeah. But it's, it's unquestionable that if you compare everything we got now to uh, to 100 or 200 years ago. Mm. I'm sleeping in a bed that's better than kings have slept in throughout most of history. Yeah, a bit rude of you, in my opinion. Oh, we're <laughs> supposed to be doing this podcast. <laughs> it's the way I like to podcast. Yeah. I, I think so too, yeah. Just... I mean, that's, that's a fucking bed. We, we, most of us have got this kind of technology seeping into our, into our lives now. Yeah. And that's a bed. <laughs> it can cope really well with your re-entry. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, yeah. Your your bed has one of the most heat resistant nose cones I've ever seen on a piece of. Um, yeah, so there's that, and I mean, there's technology it which is better. My bed does it remembers. Yeah. I don't like a bed that remembers things I do in bed. <laughs> I want to forget mattress. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm trying to forget the least the mattress can do is join you. <laughs> and that's, is that why people leave their mattresses in their front yard sometimes? <laughs> okay, it's seen too much on them. <laughs> um, yes, there's technology, there's medicine, improvements in medicine. It's nice when he also shows uh, just how many contraptions we've gotten rid of from our lives thanks to what's on our phones. You know, yeah. you realize how many things we're just not using anymore. We don't need to. We've dispersed with. That's true. So much. I I, I remember sort of twenty years ago, I'd leave the house carrying thirteen leather-bound encyclopedias, and uh, a compass. Yeah. And Although a when camera. we say that, though, I'm quite aware now that I am leaving the house with a. I do need a bag with my. I've got my iPhone. I've got my iPad. Right. Uh, I've, and then of course I, I might take the. Um, uh, the keypad, uh, along with that, I, I needed. Oh, sort of keep off Sometimes side. I need several different chargers because they all different need different chargers nowadays. And then I, <sighs> the, then I have the them. extra charger that uh, you know that carries charge for a, during a journey and so on. Yeah. So sometimes I, I probably need a bigger bag than people would have had years ago. In fact, so in that sense, in bag bag terms, I reckon it's gotten worse. In bag terms, yeah, yeah. maybe. Um, I'm trying to think. What do I? Because I've tried to really downsize bag wise, so that if I'm if I don't particularly if I'm not on a writing job where I need a laptop or something like that, yeah, I have like a notebook, pen, a mini tablet. Uh, I've got my phone in my pocket, and in this, it's a tiny little bag. I've got like some hair products and a uh, power this, this a power pack. This out now. Yeah. <laughs> Bum grip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the brain of a chimpanzee. Which is, Never know when you might need it. Might get hungry. That, but that's it. Basically, all I really need is the power pack and some yeah. headphones. Yeah. And that's sort of it. Sunglasses, maybe. See how it's increased. <laughs> yeah, bef- until our phones are sunglasses as well. Which is probably not far off there'll be like some google glass shit you can put but on do your you know, head do you know what i think we love and hate all these contraptions and I, you know I, I look at even young people talking about their mobile phones and and i think that there's a love-hate relationship with it i think we, yeah. we're aware of uh it's, it's not it's not about the damage that it's doing to us it's, it's more that um the, these things are obsessions we, we're constantly the more we use them the more we're constantly checking up on how people reacted to our latest twitter comment or yeah, yeah, yeah. facebook comment and so on and uh, there's this, this need being in contact with the world. Sometimes I'm sitting on a train. And I'm, I'm sure there's there's people around their laptops and iPads who are watching movies and, and having more entertainment than they would have had before. But they, they would have found other forms of entertainment. What there also is is people who are working longer than they used to work because they're travelling home uh, and they're able to take their work home with them, which which might yeah. make their work more convenient, but also means that they don't um, compact their work into a set number of hours during the day and then see say off this time it's just pure leisure it's not labor labor saving in that sense yeah there's a sense in which people now sometimes feel that they're they're kind of always at work or kind of always on call in a way that wouldn't probably have happened pre-mobile phone right um i I wouldn't know i'm a standard comedian sometimes i would like to return to the time before we had all that Mm. because and i don't know whether i romanticize it to an extent but I quite like the fact that work stopped at a point. I quite like the fact that we used to just go on stage and do a gig. But nowadays, okay, all these things, when the mobile phone first came out, and I remember that, and I remember it being this luxury, and it was stupid at first. People had, when people had mobile phones and hardly anyone else had them, yeah, they, yeah. they would just get one for the wife, and they, they, they'd ring up saying, I'm, I'm standing outside the door, put the kettle on. And that, that was the use of the mobile phone for a while. It, it, but then, 
as soon as bosses found out about it, they were like, you need a mobile phone, I need to contact you. At that point, it's no longer a luxury item, it's now a necessity. Yeah, you you could no longer, in the old sense, be out. Yeah. And the only place you can really be on your own is underground now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wander around, get lost. Um, I find it quite useful to to keep a corner of my house looking like a a, a hospital surgery, so that in case I have to call in and say I'm sick. That's why that is. Yeah. Um, Who are all those people? <laughs> I, I I think every luxury becomes a problem as well. Do you know? So I, I, yeah, I mean, I, well, I'm not sure. Does it? I, I don't know. I, as I'm saying, I, I I like having all these things. At the same time, I resent the fact that I'm in an age where I can't just go on and do a gig and people talk about it. It's got to be uh, having a Twitter presence, an internet presence, uh, web pages, um, constantly making things, putting them out, constantly putting on videos and so on yeah i feel the young are growing up with this but uh it's a very demanding age we're in now that is in one way but on the other hand something i haven't done in donkey's years is sit there with a piece of paper with 40 phone numbers on it and called around every single comedy club i had a number with for trying to get a a gig Right. Maybe overall, I still spend the same amount of time doing things. I like, for those of you listening who are not stand-up comics, which is probably you know a dozen of you. Um, <laughs> are there people uh, how, who are how still it works on now. stand-up comics? Yeah, I thought everybody give it a go, man. What's wrong with you? Every man and his dog now, yeah. and his mum, his daughter, yeah, the baby that's just coming out. Yeah. His dog's mum got a great new baby routine. <laughs> um. <laughs> But it used to be, you know, you would ring up for a gig and, you know, you'd just have to tell them. And occasionally you'd have to send them a literal kind of video, yeah. literally put in a jiffy bag, a VHS cassette or whatever. Um, and now that's usually it's just you're on a list that gets emailed, you fill in the form, I can do this one, whatever. And then they get back to you by email. It's, it, I guess it's more efficient. It must be. I mean, if you're I, don't do, I haven't done that. I've, I, you know, everything's through an agent. Cause, yeah, because uh, your agent does your live stuff. Right. I, I do my own live stuff, pretty much. I kind of hate that, though. You've got to fill in a form and then you, you become part of a lottery. Yeah. They, they, they now have a list of comedians who are available and they're going to choose. I, I preferred a time when they would, they liked your act, so they'd ring you up and ask if you can do some gigs and then talk to you for a while until they find out which, which gigs you could do. Yeah, do you know what that that actually happened to me a couple of weeks ago? Um, Dan Dealer who runs, runs the Backyard Comedy Club in East London, and he he, he called me, and I realised how long it had been since a promoter. Oh, wow. And he got, do you know, you're what telling me that was, because it's rare now. Yeah. Wow. He's okay. Sp- like I've spoken with human all, voice but... on the phone and went, yeah. "Oh, just checking you're all right," and I thought I'd do it the old old, well, old school way. That old school way made you feel wanted. It did. So it was bringing it wasn't, you yeah. up, asking, "I like you." Here is a gig I would like you to do, which is much better than put your name on this list and I'll look through them and decide who's suitable and so on. That's it's it's you're, 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 you're protected from this by your agent. Yeah, I am for now, yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. born. Which I like that. I, do, I you know, it's the joy of having an agent is that they fend for me yeah. and sort all that out and Whereas my agent yeah. only does only, I think my agent's just not interested in anything that pays less than like 500, 500 quid or something. So it's only, right. only writing and telling and things like that. It's not always great having an agent. Because the, the, the downside of an agent is they have, I'm pretty sure they have a map of England that's really tiny. So they look, go, yeah. oh, you can go to Plymouth here and then go up to um, Scotland the next day because they're next to each other. 
I yeah, I don't think most Asians have maps. I think uh, they've just got a list in alphabetical order, and they think they're two things beginning with A are next to each other. <laughs> you know, Australia and Aberdeen, that'll do. It's yeah, easy double. Um. Anyway, yeah. So we we were sort of vaguely discussing. I can see that what Pink is saying is that things are getting better, but he's talking about a, a globalistic, worldwide scale. So, yeah. for example, one of the points he makes is that this whole thing about uh, the gap between the 1% and everybody else, which has gone wider, has actually yeah. gone narrower around the world. But it's gone wider in individual countries, right? Particularly in the West. Okay. But it's partly that we farmed out the work that we would have called working class work and that Americans would have called lower middle class because they don't have a working class. Um, but right. we, we farmed that work work out to countries like China and so on who are making the, the phones and all the parts and, and so on. So, yeah. so be, because of that, that work would have been within our own country. And really, it's not the one, on that, it's not the 1%'s fault. It's kind of we've done it to ourselves because we want the cheapest phones we can get. So we want the slave labour. We want these cheap clothes. We want... Uh, people working for virtually nothing and, and therefore yeah absolutely right so so therefore the gap is closing around the world but that doesn't make us feel better about our lives no because that's not how people feel is it that's not how people judge no, exactly. whether they people look at their own neighbors pretty much don't they if you yes if you want to feel rich live next to someone poorer than you yeah absolutely it, it was one of the problems when tv started spreading around that there were um, third world countries who who started you know they, they get it, people getting TVs and they, they were turning on watching Dallas and uh, uh, these Americans and seeing how yeah, yeah. rich Americans were living and and their happiness went down dramatically because that before right? that yeah totally before that but they had no idea uh, how the other half were living they were they were happy with their own lives they were only aware of the uh, of, of their peers around them yeah okay. Is that sort of true as in study true? Or study true, yeah. Is? Okay, cool. Um, I wouldn't be able to reel off a study or family. That no, would be a right. study I would have looked at a while ago that I thought, that's interesting. Hmm. Well, here's the thing I, th- I think I, we should touch on is what, why, why is it that if you tell people things are getting better, half of them not only don't accept it, but quite angrily don't accept it, or just go, yes, but, and then start wanting you to, so, what, you know, inequality is this and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> Happiness has got a limit for one thing. It can become boring after a while. Do you know what I mean? You can you can say things are good for oh, oh so long, but uh, at a point to have a, a subject of conversation, you, you, we end up bringing up the negative. Yeah. And plus, to an extent, I think pessimism has a positive effect. It makes us have something to try for. Uh, it, 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 it leads to improvement. Pessimism does. Well, I think saying things are bad... Okay, maybe not pessimism, negativity, let's say. Yeah, okay, yeah. Because I right. guess pessimism is more about the future, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, I suppose it's so. It's like yeah. expecting the worst to happen, sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know, because we were talking about what we might talk about in this Yeah, but podcast. even that could inspire you to do something to, to, to stop that from happening. Uh, if, if you think that um, climate change is going to get... If, you, if you're pessimistic and you think it's going to be worse than it is, it might encourage you to do even more about it right now. Yeah, okay, but that... that... See that that to me is not quite what pessimism is. No, I. But, but you can clearly use, should have said negativity can... rather than pessimism. Yeah, but yeah. I'm now trying to defend my case rather than let it go. Ha. So yes, pessimism is a very positive thing. I think we naturally <laughs> go towards the negative though, because 
Do you know what? Most studies in, in the way humans react to Is things... Is there a way of me denying that without proving it? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know about mean world theory? Uh, yes, as opposed to just world theory. Well, it's, it's George Gerbner's studies um, started back in the 60s and went through... Originally, it was a study of... Um, TV violence and how that affects people. And it was, it was like the biggest study ever done on, okay. on the subject. And back at a time when people were really worried about the effect of all the violence on TV. Yeah. Uh, and what he found was, uh, almost universally, massively, is that TV doesn't lead to violence, apart from isolated cases. Um, but yeah. on mass, the one effect that is, definitely seems to happen is people's negativity increases and their, and their pessimism <coughs> increases. So uh, during a time where, where gun violence is going down in America, they found that, that gun purchases were going up because uh, people believed that, that uh, gun crime was going up, right? Their fear was going up from watching so much TV. Yeah. And you know this about it was Trump, mostly the news. It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't films and so on that was affecting people. So yeah, that's, that's that effect. In the same way, In the same way as we're not finding the effects that pornography... Uh, has the effect that people fear is that they're going to start treating women badly, that that, that still has not been proven despite no, that, that, loads and loads of studies. Okay. And also despite people just claiming it with no evidence. Totally. And looking but, for the looking for this fact that they've already decided as a fact. And there, there are unquestionably effects that happen, but one thing we know is that people if, who watch a lot start becoming more negative about themselves. You right. know, uh, it affects their, their self-esteem. And... and just about studies on everything. The, the first thing that definitely happens is people's self-esteem gets affected and their negativity gets affected more than any other factors. That's and I think that's partly what's going on in the world is that, and I think it's the same with uh, all our social media and so on. I think that everything seems to increase that one effect more than anything else. And do, it's do you think that's the same as the mean world theory, as in you're watching porn and you think, oh God, they've got a nice flat. <laughs> Why can't I afford a place? <laughs> oh, look how well she's dressed. Yeah, we do. We compare ourselves, uh-huh. and it's never favourable for me. <laughs> In fact, I've noticed that everyone's doing better than me. Yeah. <laughs> There's a fine line. You know, Pinkett also talks about how um, uh, in Hollywood, say, uh, black people are now represented better than ever before in that they're not playing trope roles. You know, and that right. there's more black people, you know, the, uh, in in Hollywood. But still, we haven't. You know, it's yeah. not a point where we should get complacent. We're not at a point where we'd say that there's enough that it's not even a thing anymore. No, I mean, but I wonder how much just that one film, Black Panther, has thrown the statistics out. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Have you? I actually know nothing about it. I just keep seeing people tweeting about it. I, all I know about it is that in Estonian it's called Must Panther because I was in Estonia this week. Right. I'm glad you didn't waste your time out there. Yeah, exactly. Have you been able to use that information much? Not, not a lot. No, <laughs> really uh, I've heard really, heard really good things about it, but I, you know, I would wait to see it. But yeah. um, what do I want to say? Oh yeah, you mentioned about a gun, and vi- a gun people buying guns yeah. as a reaction to uh, what they th- what they think is going on in the world. Um, yeah. Another thing that's happened with gun ownership is that it, uh, the rate of buying guns in the states, dropped by quite some way. I think after Trump won. Really. Yeah, and the <laughs> the reason for this is thought yeah. to be that a significant proportion of Americans thought that Barack Obama wanted to take away their guns, 
Okay. And so they wanted right. to buy guns. Right. And nobody thinks Trump wants to take away their guns. Oh, well, he should start insisting they have guns in. And then yeah. they'll, have, they'll buy even less. <laughs> if that works as a system. But isn't, isn't, that, isn't that weird? So people don't react. Well, we know humans aren't logical. Mm. Right? So they react with uh, fear predictions then. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't, you don't buy a gun because you're feeling optimistic. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I suppose you might do. You might love shooting a gun. You might think there's going to be a world where you're going to be allowed to go around. Yeah. Um, well, um, okay. I've got a really good feeling about how many ed- edible animals are going to turn up on my property soon. I've got a feeling he's going to pass a law saying I can shoot whoever I like soon. God, he's such a fucking... The thing, um, at the time of recording, we're just a few hours after uh, Trump claiming that he would have run into the Florida school where the school shooting happened, even oh, if course. he was unarmed. Yeah. Of course he would. I mean, who doesn't believe that about him? Yeah. This is the guy who uh, who didn't go to Vietnam because he had shin splints. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> heel spurs, bony spurs in heels. He had what? He had, he had, he had five deferments of the draft, okay. and four were for his uh, studies, and the other one he... He had, uh, he had a, he had a doctor's today. note that he had some temporary bony healing right. problem. But now he's a hero. <laughs> it's amazing that he can be a hero just by declaring that he is. Yes. I would do this. There's, there's not been one single example from his life. That I, I can't understand someone stating that without going, as I did in X. Well, he said it on, so on the campaign trial before the election. He said something like, they need somebody like me with a gun. What a fat guy <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Oh, he'd be shooting up women's skirts. And yeah, just well, a complete fantasist. Because that's who you want to give guns to. People yeah. who with no grip on reality at all. We were talking about him earlier. He fascinates me. Just He just says things. There's absolutely no... Uh, yeah, no nothing that stops it. Is it just, no weighing up I at all. I would do this. I am that. Some sports personality agrees with me. What I think Hillary is amazing is that, is that, is that um, he, it's not just whether he cares whether what he's saying is true it's the plausibility of it he doesn't give a shit that the person he's saying no. to must go well that's a lie no there's no evidence necessary say a thing repeat it look like you mean it but, yeah. you know, um, I guess if he thinks he's smart he thinks other people are really stupid yeah I, I think you use the word thinks twice I don't think he, <laughs> those apply to yeah, it yeah you think it's more instinctive uh, I think he's totally instinctive yeah yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even give him a gun, <laughs> you know. You know, no. <laughs> if there was a, a shooting going on in the school, I, a Trump was out, like telling him to keep out of the way until we got this sorted. I could only see him doing damage. I wouldn't trust him as a hostage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'd shoot him first out of your own hostages, right? Because oh, shut up! <laughs> shut, you draw, you're drawing attention to this. Yeah. Whole I haven't followed much about the um, about the shooting, other than it's. I don't need to read a whole lot about it, other than it's no. uh, it's horrifying and uh, and a yet again and um, and, and it's, why don't you talk about this? Is just one country in the world where that's going to happen, really? Yeah, I, I had a tweet that went. Does it count as going viral? It, it was around for a while. There a lot of retweets, and the tweet was just everybody. There's been a mass shooting in a school. Nobody. Oh, in which country? Yeah. Because it's just yeah. that country. 
we know straight away it's uh, and that, that's the thing in America I feel there's a, there's a lot of introspection going on they're saying well, what can we do in our country what's, what's wrong in our country and they really need to be looking to the rest of the world and going this doesn't happen in any other country can we not emulate yeah work out what the, what the fuck it is that's uh, that's making that difference yeah and, and, and it's partially it's just gun ownership and access and, and their place in the culture and partially I think it's the culture itself I suppose there was, yeah. I heard a great statistic the other day um, comparing New York and London. Like if you live in New York, you are as likely to be mugged as if you live in London. There's about the same right. same occurrence of that per capita. But yeah. if you are mugged, you're 54 times more likely to die if it's in New York rather than London. Yeah. And that, you know, yeah. guns explain that entirely. And Americans are... The NRA and so on with their, uh, their their American rights and it just doesn't play out. It's uh, no. it, as someone puts, they're they're they're, um, they're happy to give up their water when they get on an aeroplane and yeah. Uh, these are adjustments people have had to make against their rights for to to live in a better world. It's amazing when you fly in the states still that they have all this stuff about guns. You know where and how you can have a gun, what you have to do with it, and on a fucking plane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's horrifying. I, I I was in a cafe watching um, uh, the uh, all the the victims of the shooting talking about yeah. their horrors, uh, the awful stuff they've gone through because of this, because they've lost their children and so on, and just just seeing Trump. I, I, I'm fascinated. They're, they're in a room with Trump. Aren't they? Yeah, they're in a room yeah. with him, and and he's uh, apparently he's got his, his he's there with his notes saying things like, um, I, you know, I yeah. hear you, I hear you, yeah, yeah, yeah. number four, I hear you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's well, that's very reassuring. You have that written down there, yeah. yeah. Um, but then to uh, <coughs> the, and this the thing about him, he, he absolutely fascinates fascinates me. His audacity is incredible. To I I don't know how he has the nerve to then say to these people the answer to this is. More guns. It's incredible. Yeah. We need to have... We need to train teachers up. We're like, fucking hell, there's a problem training enough teachers as it is to do their subjects and training them to shoot guns as well and also giving them that responsibility. I mean, my, my thought about the notes was that, okay, he's got notes telling him some basic things, but we know what he's like. It's probably for the best he had those notes. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to leave him to his own devices. If you just lost your child in a school shooting, you don't want to hear a 71-year-old man going about how much he wants to fuck his own daughter. I think it was certainly very responsible of whoever gave him the notes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unless yeah. that was point six. <laughs> but it's a horror story. And it's... Uh, yeah, it's, it's beyond me to, to hear that even as, as an idea that... Uh, uh, that we've... we've We've over this century, we've stopped teachers being in situations where they can be alone with a child, and uh, you know any situation that could possibly lead lead to touching and so on is uh, a negative. But we're going to give them guns. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? And even the point, unless you believe that that would deter people, which it seems really unlikely. Someone's got to the point when they're walking into a school with the intention. Everyone's going to know who the gun people. teacher is, aren't they? Yeah. That's the one you're going to shoot first. So. What you what you just have accepted that this is a thing that's going to happen regularly. So here's how we'll kill those children. <laughs> yeah. That's what you've said. Yeah. Here's a problem for which there's no solution. So here's how to most quickly kill the children responsible. Well, you've got to dedicate your life to helping children and killing them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like being, like being a farmer, right? You care for the sheep, oh, and the, there comes that day when you just yeah. go put them down. 
wonder what happens if there's a shooting in a hospital where they start giving doctors so they have to take the Hippocratic Oath and they also wow. have to take an oath to shoot people yeah. as well. First, do no harm. Second, do you feel lucky, punk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know it reminds me of? There was a story a few years ago um, where in Delhi, I think, in India, there was a problem with these monkeys attacking people. <laughs> and they were, they were attacking people on hotel balconies and things like that and right. they were scratching their faces and nicking their food and stuff yeah. And because monkeys are sacred to some people in India, they couldn't just, like, cull the monkey to poison them. So what they did was they introduced another strain of more aggressive monkeys in the hope that they would attack the first lot of monkeys. Sounds very successful. Yeah. And that, to me, is... Well, did it work, though? I don't know. I've not read much about it. Maybe it did. We need to read up on that. The only only thing to a bad monkey is a good monkey. (laughs) It's the same as the uh, gun argument, right? It's... It's, Look, sometimes things have odd repercussions. Do you, know, you know? Do you ever see that video of um, introducing wolves to Yellowstone Park? And, no. and basically everything, the ecology itself, even even the uh, the river gets wider as a result of uh, all, all the different effects. I have to look it up, but if we look it up, it's worth worth talking about on here actually. Okay. Because um, it's like everything has a knock on effect as a result of it. You can't predict the results of a thing, you know. But but this to me is is such direct correlation thinking. Yeah. yeah. Do you know? Is where it falls flat. And fighting fire with fire has been a, an, an old proverb that you don't fight fire with fire. And now this gunfire, it seems to be that's the uh, that is the argument. Yeah, more guns. Yeah, it's uh, it, it it's just silly because we 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 all know everybody knows. I mean, I know some people have massive motivated reasoning, and some people genuinely think it's a freedom issue. And yeah, I got someone sent me. Uh, the, 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 the smoking ban had no trouble passing in America, you know. Well, there's no there's no amendment about smoking, I guess. That's the same. Uh, it's the same rights, isn't it? You're right to smoke, but we we know that secondary smoke is bad, and so the smoking ban is caught on uh, all over the place. But then, yeah. But then it's still. But you can't take away my gun. It's. I mean, the the, the actual Second Amendment phrasing is. Um, the organisation of a, of a well-regulated militia. Yeah. That's the, the first part of the sentence. Right, OK. Is, you know, for that reason, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be... Uh, what was it? Shall not be uh, impaired. But that's... So that's what it's for. The, re- the reason is right. so that you can form a citizen's militia against the federal government. Right, yeah, I've seen tweets along those lines of how are we going to protect ourselves against the police. Yeah. Wow. wow, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also the, the other thing, right, is um, there's a, uh, I heard something the other day about the Japanese level of gun ownership, and it's so many times less than the States. So you would expect if just level of gun ownership was the thing, then they would correlate, right? Yeah. But it doesn't. The, the States has far more gun deaths than you would expect if it was just a per capita gun ownership issue. So it's clearly a cultural issue as well. And I, 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 I think, when, when you look at it, right, you know that uh, both of us, we watched this video of a guy being shot dead in a hotel corridor yeah. by a police officer. It's, it's horrifying. Yeah. And the guy, you just feel like, what could that guy have done to prevent them? He's on his knees, he has his hand behind his yeah. head. He's, he's, he goes to pull his trousers up. That, that's the bit where the officer just, shoots him. Jesus. Yeah, and it's, it's a, even then a really subtle movement. He's... he's dragging himself along the floor. 
Shocking video. Yeah, yeah. But if everybody has guns, and everybody might have a gun as well, like yeah. so that it raises the stakes on every single part of that equation. It's like the wolves thing, and it affects every part of the culture. Because if, yeah. some, if you're going to break into a home to nick a TV because you need money for drugs or whatever... The fact that the people in that house might have guns means that you're risking your life on a level you wouldn't be if you did it in this country. Yeah, yeah. And that means that if you break into someone's home, you potentially sort of might have to be ready to kill someone. So you need to be armed because right. they might be armed. And if the police are stopping a suspect, they need to be armed because the suspect might be armed. And every single part of the chain... Well, this is what I mean is that they need to look to the rest of the world because they're, they're, they're being so introspective. They're, they're looking at, well, is the problem yeah. boys? Is the problem mental health? But all these things exist elsewhere in the world and, and, and other countries yeah. that have large numbers of guns. The, the only common factor we're left with is it's America. Yeah. And it's it's being American. It's, it's in that culture and it's an it's availability. Being American and usually male, I guess. Um, yeah, but even then, you, you took a, a million males that there isn't someone who's going to shoot up a school. So it's not, you know... Oh, yes, yeah, so really, really of a percent. It's not, it's, it's, it's not a large enough percentage for it to say, uh, yes, it's more likely to be males than females, definitely. There was that, that girl who, uh, I think we were talking about earlier, who had, uh, was it, she dropped her she, bag... She accidentally and shot two classmates because yeah. she dropped her bag and it had a weapon in it. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. That was in school, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Like you do. With, 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 the, with your school gun. <laughs> your school gun. I, I just... It's that or issue everyone with a gun when they go to school. Yeah. Right? Everyone which... has a gun. You either have to get rid of them completely or you have to say everyone has a gun. There is that, that idea, isn't there, that if, if we all had a bomb, <laughs> then, uh, mm. then the world would be totally safe because no one would dare upset anyone. But no, also no one would dare trip over or... <laughs> <laughs> you or rescue your, anything from you the your fire. Lunch carefully. <coughs> no one's allowed to ever drop their bag. Yeah, oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I think we get these major incidents when we're talking about uh, pessimism, you know, or, or positivity. Yeah. Is that the isolated issues, and this, I, I think that's what Pink is doing, is saying that uh, these isolated issues, even when you add them all up together. They don't make for a, a we're not the world isn't getting worse. It's actually there's there's fewer and fewer incidents, uh, or, or at least put together on mass. You know, overall the world is getting safer everywhere. Sure, and and also even you know even a trend that's going upwards won't go in a completely straight line constantly upwards. It'll be up and down, up and down, up and down, just sure. trending upwards. Sure. Um, it's also how how utopian we want the world to be. How how safe. Do we really want to feel? Because I've lived places that were, I felt very safe. It was very unlikely to be any kind of crime, and everyone was lovely and polite. But these places tend to be boring. Really boring. Yeah. And there's a people choose to live in a city, and cities aren't the most safe places. No, true. Yeah, you really notice when someone comes to you in a in a city from a small town. How, how, how terrifying London is to people yeah. who aren't used to London. I might tell you a Canadian friend who came here years ago, and we were on the underground, and uh, and he was he was shocked by the rudeness of everybody because you know one of the politest countries in the right. world. And at one point, he was like, uh, there, there was an old lady sort of dragging a case up some stairs, and he was horrified. And he was like, "Why is no one going to help her?" And he said, "I'm gonna go over and help her." And he said, "Excuse me, ma'am, can I help you with that case?" And she was like, "Fuck off." <laughs> <laughs> 
Wanted to applaud her. That's that's beautiful. Also, I've helped people with cases loads of times, and they're usually grateful and polite. Most of the time, yeah. Well, I, I I would. That would make me giggle a lot. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, <laughs> I got told to fuck off for trying to help someone. <laughs> yeah. That's why you know. Every now and again, there's a YouTube thing that goes viral of someone just yelling racial abuse yeah. on the tube. I think people from outside London think they were shocked at the racism. No, it's not. It's that someone talking to a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, London gets dissed a lot for that. But I, I find London perfectly friendly. I suppose because I grew up here and it's what I know. But yeah, it is. But, but people, people don't stri- get out of each other's way. It's yeah, it, people like to strike up conversation with you though. But the re- you know the reason well, is just but... the scale of it. If you did that, you'd never fucking get anywhere. No, exactly. There's no time for it. And also because there's too many nutters around. And uh, <laughs> and personally, also when I got up to the parts of the north of the England where they think they're really friendly. Mm. I, I, I think they are to their own. They're, they're not really friendly to the south. I might have told you the first time we, I ever did a gig in Liverpool and the whole audience booed me from being from London. I was introduced to being from London. Nice. I walked out to booze and I went, why are you booing me? And then someone said, because you're from London. And I was like, what's wrong with London? It's not friendly. They went, they're all booing me. And they, they didn't even understand this, why that was... Was this a while ago in Liverpool? Yeah. Liverpool yeah, was, did used to be really hard to play if you were from more, I don't know whether it was because more, I was more a new act or not. Yeah. I would have played with it better now, but... I, 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 yeah, that's true. But I, I find Liverpool pretty nice to play these days. Yeah, I, 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 I did once working get, in Liverpool, yeah. I got a beautiful heckle once in Liverpool where I, I had a, a routine about paedophiles, like you do, um... And like to become, because, yeah, like, like I do, else. yeah. Um, and obviously, you, you say that word, it gets a bit tense. So, yeah. to release the tension, I'd go, Do we have any in? Yeah. And that's normally the first laugh you continue with the routine. This is a long time ago. And you don't get a lot of people going, Yeah, well, me, is that, me and my buddies. But what you also don't get is what my happened family. in Liverpool, where it's like, No, we hate them here. <laughs> 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 I don't no, sorry, sorry. I thought it was in Bolton where they're popular. <laughs> you are so unique. Yeah. <laughs> so let me just write that note to self. Liverpool do not enjoy paedophiles. <laughs> Unlike all other towns. There you imagine. That was fun. That, that was so, you know when you hear something so unaware. Yeah. You just go, yeah. this isn't going to go well. There's no way that I could communicate with the yes. person who just said that yes. on the level I want to. Do you know what, though? Even though the fact that they want to believe that they're they're friendly, and they're, they're, lots of people want to believe they're friendly, mm. or, or it matters to people. They're, going back to the optimism thing, I think mostly people want to believe that we're good. You know, And I think mostly. I, I, I am, I'm not an optimist, but I do have some faith in human nature that given a chance, I think people behave nicely. Yeah, and I think the main reason why we don't give money to every uh, beggar on the street is because we simply can't. If there were fewer, sure. if it was realistic, you could there were, there were, there were two beggars say yeah. and you can help them. I think more people would do. It's just it's overwhelming. You, yeah, you, you'd I had have this, no money left in your wallet if you gave money to everybody you pass. On I had this on yesterday. Uh, guys come up asking for things. I gave them a couple of quid. I was actually like, Euston Station in London, and uh, three minutes later. A woman comes up on the same thing. Three minutes later, someone else. And yeah, she's got, yeah. This, this is not doable by any one person. And you had the word mark written on the back of your head that someone put there in the first place. Yeah. I was just, you know, we'll give. there drinking from my velvet... Uh, <laughs> what? 
You're velvet dream, what? I don't know. <laughs> They're well, where you're wearing a velvet jacket and yeah. a doubloon. What? <laughs> I can't talk about it. <laughs> just imagining, why do all the beggars come to me? Well, because you're wearing a bejeweled turban. <laughs> I don't know why we haven't got better at working out what, what the circumstances are where people behave at their best. You know? Uh, I think there's, there's tipping points. Yeah. Like, like with too many, too many people pleading for money, you no longer trust it. Yeah. You know? That must be what I think if you're in that situation, if you're homeless and you're asking for money, imagine being, knowing that you're like the third one along. Yeah. Under a bridge and go, this is, who the hell's going to give me money after this? Did I ever tell you about the, um, the guy in Finsbury Park once? And he was, he was like proper old filthy dude. Is is toes sticking out of his shoes he was he was the real thing unquestionably yeah been living on the street for years and uh and and smelt the part and uh you know lovely lines he came up to me went do you know do you know those funny fancy lines that people say when they're begging and i was like yeah and he went (laughs) i wrote those (laughs) (laughs) gave him some money yeah yeah i'm surprised everyone didn't nick it off him (laughs) You're just checking the time. How are we doing? I think it's better, right? I would, yeah. I don't know how long we've been up. Yeah? A while. It's long enough. Yeah. I mean, I've, there, are, there are things that are on the downturn at the moment. I've, I certainly feel living oh, in plenty. a city like there are more homeless it's people than there used more, to be. It's more homeless people. It's harder for people to buy homes now as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's um, uh, in, in, inequality. The youth are in more debt than they, they probably would, would have ever been in before. I think, I think there's a lot of negative going yeah. on. Yeah. And in, in this country, life expectancy has just sort of frozen or even declined, I think, for the first time in fucking ages. Nothing's really happened to... A lot has changed to increase life uh, expectancy, but nothing in recent years to make it any longer, though, I don't think. Well, I don't know, I it's, it's been steadily, it's been steadily now, creeping we? up for both men and women, but... Um, yeah, but without it's... some new breakthrough, that, that can't just keep going and going. It's it's several years. You, you die on average several years younger in this country than you do in like France or Italy or Spain. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's why I keep popping over there just to increase my time. Yeah, you just get a few days. Yeah. It's because they're an hour forward. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, they they they, they they're always going to look better for that, aren't they? Yeah, they bank those hours and use them at the end. <laughs> No, but no one's making the argument. Pinker isn't making the argument that everything is better. He's just—I think he's just simply making the argument that we, we want to see everything as negative and everything getting worse, and it, it, it isn't. Yeah, that—that's that, a—that's a bias people have, isn't it? People people see the world as negative because negative news is printed more often. They remember the stories better. Right. That makes sense. So yeah, if you say actually things have been getting better, you know. They go, oh, I doubt it. You see, someone was, you know, the house yeah. just fell on seven nuns in Sheffield or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be taken as negative, right? Is that the point you're making? Yes. Oh, good. Okay. That's sort of what I remember from a lot of um, day jobs I used to have that a lot of what people would talk about in the news, it wouldn't really be politics, what's going on. It was like, oh, have you heard? Isn't it terrible? Yeah, that sort of be the. But that's what I was saying at the beginning of this. Is is that I think that's why a lot of it's in the news in the first place. It's really we're just agreeing how bad things are, but that's actually agreeing 
how righteous we are. It's saying we all agree that things shouldn't be that way and that it should be nicer. If you, if you read yeah. how many homeless people there are, how uh, crime has gone up, we're all disagreeing. That's bad. That's the majority of people agreeing that, that's not the world they want to live in. Yeah, that's a fair. But so you're kind of saying that when someone goes, ooh, isn't it awful? What they're really doing is signalling to the other person that they are a nice human and, being. But I'm saying that's why it's in the newspaper in the first place, to get that effect from people. Right. Because really it's a chance for us all to agree that's not how we want things and how we feel about things. So really, the bad news is is good news. Oh. Do you know the old joke, the old Jewish joke, which um, I, I don't know it either, so I'll probably <laughs> get it wrong, but it's... Uh, it's I, a, the, yeah, another one. That one. Yeah, anyway, I won't that, the, the old Jewish one. It's the old Jewish joke. <laughs> yeah, the, the joke. There's, a, there's a couple of old Jewish guys and they're, they're reading newspapers and, uh, and one of them turns to the other one and says, Moshe, why, why are you reading the propaganda paper there? You know that's a propaganda paper, right? And the other one, guy goes, well... You know, I read your paper and it's all full of bad news and it's all dismal. I read this newspaper and it's like the Jews are taking over the country. <laughs> they're running the world, they're running the bags. It makes me feel good. It's happy. <laughs> Do you know? That's great. Yeah. But I think that's that's not really the job of newspapers in, in a, <laughs> a free country. The democracy. No, what we were saying earlier, weren't we, that um, there's probably a negative correlation between how nice a country to live in and how terrible the news seems to be. Yes, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah like you live in North Korea. It's like, God. God, our leader's brilliant. Look at yeah. his paper. <laughs> yeah, he's just really again. well. He's won another round of golf just yeah. by one shot. All gold medals of Winter Olympics. <laughs> okay. Should we leave it there? Yeah, so, uh, well, we need a conclusion. So what we're saying is Do we, we really need a totalitarian regime to have better news. Yes, uh, which, you know... Probably happens soon. No, that's been. <laughs> I was thinking earlier, should we do this as optimism versus pessimism? And I was thinking, I might go, well, I'm, I'm a pessimist. <laughs> Bet optimism wins. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good enough note, note to end on, I think. All right, uh, I'm if quite you're... optimistic about how people will respond to that. Yeah, if, if you enjoy if you enjoy this, uh, tell people and uh, give us nice ratings and things like that. Yes. Um, and join him. Yeah, know. join in. Yeah, like, pop like around. <laughs> pop around and have a drink. All right. Bye. Um, from myself and Nick Doody. Bye bye. Bye bye.